How's it going today? Oh, just wonderful today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you've started a new job, and now you've got to work late nights. Yes, and it's a job I'm not fond of, so yeah, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, you're... Um, I've never known you to work a physical job. I think McDonald's was probably about the most physical job, and now that you're working in a factory putting medical equipment together, yeah, that seems quite a bit different than uh, running Excel spreadsheets probably, huh? It is, and let me just say, this is one step above McDonald's. Oh, it's, it is above McDonald's, though. Yes. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, I don't know. I, I worked at McDonald's. It wasn't my favorite job I've ever had, but it wasn't the world's worst either. But I was in high school, so it was mostly just me and my friends dicking around a lot. <laughs> there was a lot of uh, hamburger hockey and stuff in the back, <laughs> which I'm guessing as an adult you did not do, and you probably shook your head and rolled your eyes and hated the kids that goofed around there, huh? Actually, I was very fortunate that not ever, no one really goofed around. There was a little bit of, at, like, at night, depending on who was the manager, they would, like, go get a little bit of each soda or try to make the most disgusting soda flavors or something. That, that was, was the amount of goofing around you guys did was the, free sodas? Well, you know, just, or maybe, like, put, mixing flaming Cheetos in with their soda and trying to drink it, you know, stuff <laughs> like that. That was probably the worst of it. Yeah, no, it was pretty good crew. I think the uh, the biggest tomfoolery that ever happened at McDonald's when I worked there was uh, walked up to a friend of mine who just took a great big mouthful of member orange drink, I see that they had there. Yes. Which I think is coming back. Um, yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah, he took a great big gulp. I walked right up to him. I forget what I said. It was him and I had so many inside jokes and just comment and shit talking people and whatever I said made him laugh so hard he had nowhere else to spit his soda except straight into the fry vat <laughs> <laughs> and so it you know it made a ton of noise and foamed up and then yeah over the headsets the manager hey what the hell's going on up there <laughs> and we just laughed hysterically because it's like well what are we gonna do empty all this fry oil and get new fry oil people are gonna start asking questions about what we're doing so we're just like well moving on <laughs> well and that's just it that you know would have it's not like it was a big i mean it was oh big it's deal, disgusting it's disgusting but that all fried away and it was a it, what's the word i'm looking for all the liquid evaporated. I mean, it's hot fry. It's hot oil. Yeah, yeah. Everything gets burned off. And um, it's not like many germs could survive that, I would hope. So, you know, <laughs> it's all cool. Well, we see a lot of deep frying hands and faces in this show. So I, I think that's where it all comes from, maybe, is uh, all my fry <laughs> vat experience at McDonald's. Because that stuff was just insanely hot. Yes, yes, it was. Um, well, that's good. You know, we're going to... We're doing uh, an episode here today. Uh, we watched it, I think, Sunday? Yes, we did. And I took notes. Uh, since then, I've completely lost my notes. So we are going to be using um, our friends over at fandom.com. Uh, reading through here, they got some really good notes. So I guess we'll go through there. They're actually probably more detailed than what I normally take. In fact, I know they are. And uh, we have been putting the notes in our on our website, my notes. Uh, we're not going to be able to steal these, I don't think. That would be a pretty jerk move. Probably. Um, wow, these notes are huge. So. Well, 
they probably don't have the recap on there. No, there's no recap. Do you have that noted? Can we start? Yes. Um, all I have for the recap. Oh, and this is season five, episode 19, called Hammer of the Gods. All I have for the recap is we see the trickster. Um, it's brought out that his he is really the Archangel Gabriel. And then kind of what happened the episode before where Dean was promising Lisa she, you know, he would take care of her and Ben. And then him killing Zachariah. That's pretty much all I have for the recap. Yeah, I completely forgotten that the trickster wasn't just like his own little entity. He was a god. Well, not a god. An, well, Archangel, I mean. An archangel, yes. He was pretending to be the Norse god Loki. Okay, that's what he, yeah. I don't know. He's very confusing. He's one of my favorite characters just because he's so smarmy. <laughs> so we see it's Muncie, Indiana. A police car pulls up to an abandoned and decrepit hotel. A uh, policeman gets out, checking around for whatever reason. I don't know why the policeman pulled up and needed to flashlight around, but he does. Uh, while he's in there, though, we see a flower pot with some dead flowers that starts coming back to life. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, what sort of angel of birth is happening here? What? It was E.T. Come on, dude. Yeah, it was very peculiar. Um, he... Uh, the officer turns around. He notices something in a mirror. He turns around, and there's a dude standing there in, like, an old-timey red tuxedo, uh, like you'd see an uh, old bellhop, like an old-timey bellhop guy. Uh, real skinny, very smiley, <laughs> almost too smiley. Uh, the policeman's like, yo, dude, you got to get out of here. And he's like, oh, no, uh, well, I'm, I'm here to get the place ready. And he adds, uh, we each have to play our part, even you, your dinner. And then the camera moves away, and we see a huge splatter of blood on the walls. That was pretty gross, yes. <laughs> I was like, well, I guess the bellhop just ganked that guy. <laughs> um, the Sam and Dean, then, they arrive at the same hotel. Yes, well, this is after the Stinger graphic. So, yes, now Sam and Dean roll up to this hotel. Yeah, and now it's a big, beautiful, fully restored hotel. It looks awesome. Uh, the Winchesters, they cannot believe their luck to find such a great-looking hotel out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, that same tuxedo guy that killed the policeman, now he's behind the front desk. He's working front desk of a hotel, which, by the way, is an awesome job. If you can get a job at front desk of a hotel, you should do that. <laughs> that was actually one of my favorite jobs of all time. Uh, he checks, uh, checks the boys into the hotel and he remarks like, Oh, you got a, you got a little Nick there on your neck. And, uh, Dean has like, uh, it looks like he nicked himself shaving or something. Um, Dean just is like, Oh, weird. I don't remember bleeding. <laughs> uh, the man then, uh, gives Sam and Dean keys to their hotel and, First, you know things are, well, already you know things are weird because this hotel just repaired itself out of nowhere. But Dean asks, like, okay, does this hotel have a coffee shop? And then this guy's like, oh, better than that. All-you-can-eat buffet, best pie in the tri-state area. <laughs> and it's like, okay, this is a trap. Get real. Yes, we know how much Dean loves this pie. Well, and in the middle of the night, mm -hmm. for this hotel to be running an all-you-can-eat buffet <laughs> with no, like, you know, it isn't the holidays, this isn't a weekend, there's no fair going on. Like, how could they possibly afford to run something like that? 
So uh, the, buffet, the buffet was stocked uh, with what seems to be every pie imaginable. And uh, man at the buffet grins, saying to Dean, heaven, right? And Dean's like, better. <laughs> uh, Dean takes a slice of pie, uh, greedily grabbing a garnish off of a chocolate cream for good measure and moves to find his seat. Man, these these see these notes are way too detailed. I'd have just said Dean got pie. Moving on. Yeah, I put swanky hotel check-in buffet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he did he did uh, have a piece of pie and he kind of looked back and looked like a chocolate cookie or something. He did take off another piece of pie and shoved it in his mouth. Um. So she, uh, I don't know. There's this whole thing with a cocktail drink in here too. So, well, there is a woman sitting there, and Dean walks by and he kind of says, "How are you doing?" <laughs> you know, kind of his joy thing. And she's like, "No," <laughs> and he keeps trying to say stuff to her, and she just keeps saying no. So Dean finally gets that resigned look on his face and walks away and sits down with Sam. Yeah, Dean sits down to eat his pie, but Sam is itchy to get going. He points out that the storm outside is biblical in its force, and yet they're sitting here relaxing, eating pie. You know, Sam wants to get on the job. Dean advises Sam, calm down. Uh, we're going to be fine. Bobby's monitoring the situation. He'll get a hold of us if, we, if we're needed. Nobody's uh, giving up, is what Dean assures Sam. And... Uh, Dean adds that they'll find Adam and Cass, but Sam is no good to him burned out. So, Dean really wants a night off, <laughs> is what all this boils down to. Yes, he did. He thought, hey, we've got this relatively nice hotel, very nice hotel, actually, in the middle of nowhere, and all this food, and he just does want to relax. He wants to rest, take a night off get their batteries recharged and go from there the camera then follows a waitress rushing off through the kitchen and the camera follows it and there's a bloody severed arm on a cutting board in the kitchen so it's like mm, that all you can eat buffet i hope they didn't eat any hamburgers or <laughs> rump roast right <laughs> um in here though oh no they don't make this reference yet there's a there's a note in my uh there was something in my notes I don't want to forget here. Right, yeah. The boys head up to the room. Uh, they notice that there's a couple making out in the corner. Dean grins. Sam's not entertained and tries to ignore them. Sam's like, what are you, 12? And Dean's like, hey, I'm young at heart. They, uh, they uh, get into their hotel room. And Dean is immediately impressed by all the little touches. But I didn't really, yeah, like I get, he, he came into the room and he's like, whoa, this is really nice. Honestly, it looked a lot like all the other hotel rooms they're in. Other than Chocolates on the Pillow and Casa Erotica 13 was available on TV. It didn't look all that different to me, did it to you? Um, It looked maybe a little cleaner, but that was about it. But same yeah, style, though. Exactly, same style. Um, and this is what, uh, when Sam becomes kind of suspicious, I have in my notes, because he's like, yeah, this is too nice for a hotel in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, his term is, why is there a four-star hotel located by a one-star, a no-star highway? Mm -hmm. Dean doesn't care. He's giggling and grinning, and um, he's so happy to be there. There's an am amorous couple next door. Uh, it sounds like they're doing the do. And the funky chicken too. 
Um, but all of a sudden they go at it so hard that they dislodge the bricks in their wall and in their adjoining wall. It looked like an elephant backed into the wall. I it mean, did. It was really, yeah, it was really a hard. The entire wall moved like every single brick moved in this wall. It was, it was unbelievable. Uh, so the boys, they go and investigate, um, they check the room next door, make sure everything's okay, and that a Mack truck didn't drive into it, I guess. Uh, no one's there. They find a diamond ring, though, on the floor, in the shag carpeting. And so Sam and Dean, they go back to the front desk and report it to that same skinny dude. They're like, oh, yeah, um, the, uh, the neighbors next to us, uh, they, uh, where are they at? Because we found their ring, or they were making loud noises, we're worried about them. I forget exactly how the conversation went, but it was clear that the front desk guy was kind of covering up. He's like, oh, no, they just checked out. And then Dean's like, uh, why would they leave without this? And it was a diamond ring, you know. It seemed like their wedding night or something like that. Yes, he did mention the, the um, hotel clerk did mention they were newlyweds. So that would be right. It's probably her engagement ring or something like that. Yeah, so he's like, don't worry, I'll put it in the lost and found and make sure that they get it. And super fantastic. Bye. And as they walk away, though, Dean um, kind of realizes, oh, just one night off. Is that too much to ask? Because they realize that there's something totally going wrong now in this place. Sam follows the concierge uh, down a hallway, but loses him around the corner. Sam then notices that he's bleeding from the same small cut on the neck. So it's like, hey, wait, how are people just randomly bleeding out of the neck? Is there like a, <laughs> an invisible vampire going around? There you go. Uh, Dean heads. He's Sorry, my dog is being a brat. <laughs> Dean's uh, walking down the hallway uh, with an EMF meter. And this is a crazy sight because first he passes in front of the room and there's an elephant with a towel. And then he's like, whoa, wait, what was that? And he steps back and it's just a fat dude there toweling off. And then he's like, this ain't no peep show. And he <laughs> slams the door shut in his face. I was like, hey, why was that dude just an elephant? <laughs> in another room somewhere in the hotel, a handsome man puts a necklace around the beautiful dark-skinned woman's neck and tells her how beautiful she is. She kisses her. He kisses her neck and puts his hand on her waist. I hate sweet, she says coldly. The concierge arrives, interrupting the couple. He tells the attractive couple, the final guests has, have arrived, the pantry is full, and the Winchesters are getting suspicious, but don't worry, everything is under control. Uh, let's them know the party is ready. Uh, the woman asks the concierge if, she, if he has the blood. So right away, they're like, ah, this is where the blood comes in. And he goes, of course. And uh, with a blink of an eye, then he kind of zips across the room kind of like the flash and uh hands two vials to her and he's like i'm quick the boys never knew it hit him and then it all unravels i do like this where there is a bit of mystery about what's going on but it all unravels when she's like thank you mercury and it's like oh that's a, that's the that's a greek god mercury yes the winged god that moves really super fast well, and don't forget the, the woman, the, the man and the woman in the room, um, that woman was the same woman that Dean tried to hit on in the, at the buffet. So Oh, was it? Yes. I didn't notice that. Uh, Sam and Dean rendezvous in the lobby and tell uh, their strange stories. What was 
I know Dean's story about the elephant. What was Sam's strange story? Just say he's now bleeding? Well, no, the fact that he followed who we now oh, know as Mercury around the corner to a dead end and Mercury was not there. Yep, got it. Uh, they go they go silent uh, when they look around and notice that the lobby is uh, empty and the doors are locked. Sam begins to think about how they got there. In, it was a detour off the highway, then this freak storm, and then they realize that they're all led to this hotel like rats in a maze. <laughs> Boys head to the kitchen, only to find it as empty as well. There's a pot of red liquid boiling on the stove, and Dean's like, please let this be tomato soup. Please let this be tomato soup. Stirs the ladle, and sure enough, it's eyeball soup. Which, didn't they do eyeball soup in uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? I don't remember. I mean, you see so many movies with eyeball soup. <laughs> they start running, you know, before you know it, they all start looking alike. But then this is the reference that you were talking about earlier that Dean made. Yep. Dean then is like, wow, we uh, we checked into Motel Hell, which I believe we've already talked about on this show, but it's been referenced now twice. Motel Hell, that awesome uh, movie from 78, 79, 1980, somewhere around there. And it's about a motel where the guy that runs it, he's known as the best butcher in the area. He's got the best meats. He also runs this hotel. Yep, come to find out, he basically, he kills people along the road. He sets up little booby traps along the road, kills off people, and then butchers them out back. And uh, I think he was famous for his jerky, too. The meats and the jerky, if I remember right. I, yeah, I could be wrong, but was, that just seems to be something. Everyone bragged about how good his meats were, though. There was multiple people in this in that show that just went on and on about what a good butcher he was. And then you learn that he's just butchering people uh, with his crazy sister, who's played by the same chick that played Mrs. Ballbreaker in Porky's. And I know we've talked about Porky's on this show before. Oh, yes, we have. Uh, great movie about racial diversity. Not about a bunch of horny boys. No, it's about that, too. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, if I have caught Motel Hell a couple of times on the TV station Comet. So if you uh, if you have Comet in your area, check in on the listings. They might be playing Motel Hell at any point. But it's a good movie. I, I recommend it. It's fun. Uh, and I love it when the reference comes up, just because it is kind of a... I didn't think all that popular, but then just last night, though, what was the other? Who else referenced it? I thought I texted you about that. Or... Yeah, I don't know. I was at work, so I don't know. Oh, man, I just saw something last night where then there someone else is referencing Motel Hell. So I think this is one of those movies that's going to be a bit of a sleeper, but people are starting to learn about it or something. I don't know. Check it out. Um, Sam goes up to the freezer and creeps up to the window, only to be startled by a frantic hand that starts pounding on the windows. There's people locked inside the freezer. This sort of shit doesn't make sense to me. Wouldn't there always be someone looking out that window for if someone was coming in and be screaming the moment they saw anyone? What, is everyone just sitting on the floor waiting to be discovered in there? It sounds like it. I found the text. It says you were watching the 80s version of New Heart. You had it on the background, and they made the Motel Hell reference. That must have been the one where he was the innkeeper. Yeah, in that's that's exactly it. Um, it was all about Bob. No, actually, his name isn't Bob Newhart in that version. It's Dick. Right. Uh, he uh, was catching shit from his wife for not being spontaneous. So he decided to 
uh plan out a spontaneous trip and then yeah like uh somewhere somewhere during it he's like oh we checked into motel hell and it's like hey another motel hell reference but that one's from the 80s you know that's when that version of new heart was on um by the way new heart very good show <laughs> Okay, so there's people uh, pounding uh, in the freezer to get out, trying to get him out quickly, but it's too late. Some people pop up behind Dean. Dean whispers nervously, like, there's someone behind me, isn't there? Yep, sure enough. Uh, there's a heavyset Asian man and a black gentleman. They roughly grab the Winchesters and force them into the grand ballroom, where the dark-complected woman and her consort await with an old man. The men from the room where Dean thought he saw the elephant and others. You can tell these are not my notes. I would not be putting down race and all this nonsense. Just say people. The hell. Right. Well, the reason they do that. Um, what is, I'm trying to read this here. The reason why they do that. Is because of the fact that you had an Indian woman and she was Kali who was an Indian god. Um, you had Odin. You had Baldur, who we know are Norse gods. Um, yeah, all of their races tie in with what their gods are. Yeah. The elephant man was Ganesh. The old man was Odin. Uh, the dark-skinned woman in red is Kali, the destroyer. The black dude um, who grabbed them in the kitchen is Baron Samidi, a noted spirit of Haitian voodoo and Louisiana voodoo. All of them hail from non-Christian pantheons and traditions. Oh, here's what I have on IMDb. It says, actors who play pagan gods match the origins of their respective deities. Kali looks in distinctly Indian. Odin matches the looks of a stereotypical Scandinavian. Zhen is played by a Chinese actor. Yet Ganesha, a Hindu deity, is inexplicably portrayed by an actor of, Amer of African and not Indian descent. So, yeah, the fat black guy in the towel should have been uh, Indian actor, not African-American actor. But otherwise, that's why they had all the different... Well, I'm, he looked... He, he was kind of dark-complected in a way that made him look Indian. So, I, you know, I thought they were like, oh, he's going to be Buddha. But no, he's Ganesh. Mm -hmm. I guess because Buddha was a real person <laughs> and not a god. I don't know. I think, well, that's like the prophet Muhammad. There really was a prophet named Muhammad. Um, so, yes, there really was a Buddha who was, you know, a prophet. So that's probably why um, he was Ganesha, who we know was just a, a made-up god, made-up Indian god. Yeah, Muhammad, Jesus, Buddha. Yes, the, those are the three main... The three tri... The, tri yeah. the, <laughs> the trifecta of uh, prophets. Of prophets from back in the day. <laughs> Which probably all got their signals from pretty much the same place, but all took it in wildly different <laughs> directions, which always is peculiar to me. Um, Dean, though, looks around. He realizes, uh-oh, and he comments, this isn't a Shriners convention, is it? Mercury enters the room, rolling a cart uh, with a covered platter surrounded by delicious-looking meats. He says, dinner is served, uncovers the platter, and there's a severed head covered in goo. That's pretty gross. The gods and spirits applaud, and a spotlight captures Sam and Dean. The man with uh, Kali, his name is Balder, says, our guests of honor have arrived. Um, 
yeah I, I why are all of these gods like so down with eating human meat it seems odd I, I didn't know Odin was mean like that. Well, he well he wasn't mean like that. Um, but <coughs> you have to look at the other gods, especially Kali. It mentions in here that uh, she. Oh, let me see. Uh, I lost track of where I was supposed to be. It uh, says Kali tells Dean that humans like you have been slaughtering each other in the name of God which is hypocritical as followers of Kali are thuggists who have strangled millions in the name of Kali. So the term thug means a violent criminal. They strangle their victims in devotion of their god Kali. So she was that. I don't know about so much Odin, Odin, Baldur, and Loki. They weren't that type of god, but I don't know about the rest. Uh, so Balder says, we all know why we're here. The Judeo-Christian apocalypse looms over us. I know that we've all had our disagreements in the past, but the time has come to set those aside and look towards the future, because if we don't, we won't have one. He then points to Dean and Sam and describes the Winchesters as valuable bargaining chips, uh, Michael and Lucifer's Vestals. Uh, Balder asks the assembled deities what, uh, what they want to do with the Winchesters. Uh, the Chinese deity stands up and makes a forceful declaration in Cantonese. Ganesh laughs, kill them? What, so the angels can bring them back again? So obviously all these gods have been tuned in on their the Winchesters already. They must show up in, you know, the Daily God newspaper or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> the Winchester report. The Winchesters are widely known by one and all. Monster and angel alike. Uh, so they go, I, all of these gods end up uh, kind of having a conversation about what to do with them. Uh, while it's starting to get heated, the Winchesters are like, mm, we'll just sneak out of here. So they do that typical, you know, just like tiptoeing away. But a chandelier crashes to the ground right in front of them. And uh, Kali uh, tells them, stay. So the brothers turn around. They realize that they're pretty much trapped now. Um Kali declares that the deities have to fight. Uh, the only thing the archangels understand is violence anyways. It's them or us. Mercury politely suggests that they haven't even tried to talking to the angels. Kali turns her gold gaze on him. He immediately begins to choke on blood. Balder stops Kali from killing Mercury outright. Then the doors fly open. And our old friend, the trickster, which was not Loki, is actually Gabriel. <laughs> the notes here has colorfully struts in. <laughs> I don't I don't remember a colorful strut, but he's smarmy, so he is very smarmy. <coughs> he's a ham. <laughs> the dogs are now chasing bones around the hardwood floor, making a racket. Um Gabriel Trickster. It's gonna, It's so hard to call him Gabriel. I just want to keep just, calling him the Trickster. Just keep calling him the Trickster, because at this point, that's who the gods think he is. I think he's Loki. Says, can't we all just get along? And with angelic power, Gabriel silences Sam and Dean before they can speak. As Sam and Dean recognize him, uh, Gabriel, as the tricker, Trickster, as Loki. And that this fact is not known by the assembled deities, so... He's covering up Sam and Dean from telling his little secret. Uh, 
Sam and Dean, it's always wrong place, worst time with you mutton heads, huh? <laughs> Gabriel says. Baldur's not pleased and addresses Gabriel as Loki. Gabriel says he's there to talk about the elephant in the room, which is a pretty funny line. Ganesh attempts to get up, but Gabriel says he's referring to the apocalypse. And we can't stop it, gang, but first things first. So Gabriel turns to Dean and tells them the adults need to have a little private conversation. With a wave of his hand, he teleports Sam and Dean um, off, I think, back to the restaurant or something, into another room. I put that he uh, teleported him back into their room. Okay. Uh, they, they're they trying to uh, grasp Gabriel's appearance as Loki. Uh, they try to figure out what his next move is going to be, and Dean suggests they free the people in the freezer and gank a few deities along the way if they're lucky. Gabriel, however, like, right during... So he just got sent away right during this plot of, like, hey, man, let's go bust these people out. Trickster pops up right behind him <laughs> and spoils their plan. Dean blames him uh, for his brother being held captive, for his brothers being held captive at the Elsom Fields. That must be the name of the hotel. Yes, that is the name of the hotel that they're at. Gabriel tells Dean he's got nothing to do with it. I'm the Costner to your Houston. I'm here to save your ass, he says. Reference to the bodyguard. You really got to see a lot of other pop culture movies to get some of these. You really do, yes. Would you have known I'm the Costner to your Houston? Do you know what that? Did you know what the reference was? Of course, the oh, bodyguard. All right. <laughs> Because I've seen, I mean, that was a big movie back in the day. Everyone saw that. Oh, man, that movie was sexy as hell. He explains that the deities, uh, they're, they're either going to kill them or use them as bait. Either way, um, you're uber boned, he puts. Mm -hmm. Gabriel states that Lucifer and Michael will use Sam and Dean as their respective vessels and fight each other, but not tonight, not here. Dean does not understand why Gabriel would even care. And at first he insists Gabriel doesn't. Then Gabriel admits that he and Kelly have a history. Uh, chick was all hands, Gabriel says. What can I say? I'm sentimental. <laughs> uh, so what? He doesn't, he wants to save Kali? Because Gabriel knows that if these, because they're pagan gods, they don't really have any real power, um, were to go up against Lucifer, they'd be screwed. And they would be. I mean... So, yes, and the, the joke about Kali being all hands, if you look at a representation of the goddess Kali, she's got like eight arms or something like that. So that's what that joke was about. Yeah, Sam's like, well, you know, could the deities, uh, could they kind of team up and conquer Lucifer? Gabriel just laughs it off. He's like, no, he's going <laughs> to, Lucifer can turn all of these jokers into finger paints. And it's best if we all just get while the getting's good. <laughs> Dean asks uh, Gabriel why Gabriel doesn't just zap the deities out of there. And Gabriel explains Kali has them tethered in with a blood spell. So everyone's trapped there now, right? At least, well, the, the other guests are trapped in the freezer. But yes, yeah, Sam and Dean cannot leave even if they wanted to. Because that's why Mercury was going around, you know, getting their blood. Because she had a blood spell to keep them there. Oh, yes. And so it must have blood spelled everyone then? including the other deities? I don't know about the other deities, but I think Dean was talking about get them and the humans out of there 
and if the deities want to go up against Lucifer, so be it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. <coughs> I thought he was only referencing the humans, but the notes here is, why doesn't he just zap the deities out of there? Gosh, this cough. <coughs> Someday we'll not be coughing. That's good. Um. So between... uh. Between spritzes of breath freshener, Gabriel says that he must work some black magic of his own. It's like, why does that have to be in the notes? I don't care that the trickster uses breath freshener. Because that's the old joke, you know, um, someone going to go hit on a woman They in, in any movie back that or back in the day. That's either what they do. They hit that breath freshener and that spray and then they, you know, go stroll and try to hit on some woman. <laughs> I think it's yeah, what was joke. the name of that spray? Binoctin? Banaka, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Banaka. Yeah, that stuff was the best back in high school. Uh, Dean demands Gabriel uh, also save the captives in the freezer, but Gabriel refuses. Then Dean realizes something. The deities think he's Loki, which means they don't know who he really is. Dean repeats his demand, adding if Gabriel doesn't do what he asks, he'll out him to the other deities. Dean rebuffs Gabriel's ongoing threats, and eventually they make a deal. Callie is disrobing in a room when the lights suddenly go out, and a sumptuous candlelit dinner appears. Gabriel stands by with the rose, and Callie greets him with leave. <laughs> uh, but Loki won't be dismissed. Yeah, Callie thinks it's Loki. Even though uh, Kelly has moved on with Balder, uh, Gabriel reveals Callie called him there. The goddess is displeased he isn't taking things seriously. Gabriel proposes, if the end is coming, they should just leave. Screw this marble, let's go check out Pandora. He jokes, which, what is that a reference to, do you know? Yes, Pandora was the world in Avatar. I read that in the notes here somewhere. Screw this marble. Let's go check out Pandora. So meaning leave Earth altogether? Right. Oh. Yeah, because Avatar, everyone remembers that world that they were so beautiful and everything. No, this show had to come out before Avatar, didn't it? Let's keep, well, let me look. That can't be the reference. I wouldn't think. Let's make sure we're still recording here. Yes, we are. Yay. <laughs> Yay, us. Yes, All right, well, Avatar came out in 2009. This episode came out in 2010. Wow. I cannot believe that Avatar is so old. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to have like four sequels by now. We don't even have one. Yes, Avatar came out December 18th, 2009. This episode aired April 22nd, 2010. That movie sucked anyways. True that. Dance with the Wolves was a better version of that story. Um... So Kelly insists they can fight. Gabriel breaks it to her, like, if you do, uh, they'll be toast. No more Trixie says, I'm begging you, don't do this. She says, I have to. And Gabriel's like, can't blame me for trying. Still love me? Kelly says, no. <laughs> uh, downstairs, Sam and Dean sneak into the kitchen and are forced to hide and watch as Zoshan and the other gods sacrifice a human on the hotel's front desk. When they get to the kitchen, Sam is about to pick the lock in the freezer door when Zo Shen grabs him from behind and starts to strangle him with one hand. Dean appears behind Zo Shen 
and runs him through with a wooden beam. Where's Gabriel? Dean asks. In Kelly's room, Loki, quote unquote, hopes his kiss is enough to distract Kelly as he reaches for the vials of Sam and Dean's blood. It isn't. Kelly catches him, pushes him away, says, what do you take me for, a fool, Gabriel? Uh, she holds up her hand, which has his blood on it, and says, you're bound to me, she tells him, now and forever. So yeah, I think she was, uh, she's she's doing that blood nonsense with everyone, including Gabriel. Yes, she did. And figured out who it was. Yeah, well, she, well it sounds like she knew who he was all along. She just was playing along up until now. So, for the supernatural viewer, the screen unexpectedly breaks up with static. And as the screen uh, clears up, two familiar faces appear to us. It's the Ghost Facers. And there's like a full Ghost Facer commercial. And I guess that was a web series. Yes, that was a web series that you could see. I think you can still see it on amazon i'm not sure but it was anyway it was on the cw's website maybe you can even see it on the cw's website i'm not really sure so yeah there's a ghost facers commercial right in the middle of this which sucked because i got really excited that the ghost facers were going to join in that they were going to accidentally stumble across this hotel and then just come have their minds completely blown by the fact that they're fighting gods not just your typical run-of-the-mill angry ghost um, and then when I realized it was just a commercial, because you, you said that when we were watching, you're like, oh, yeah, that was a series you can watch online. I'm like, oh, you mean they're not joining? <laughs> Come on. I want my ghost facers. Uh, so Sam and Dean are forcibly uh, brought back to the main ballroom where Gabriel sits at uh, Kelly's side. She announces to the room that Trickster has tricked us. <laughs> Gabriel pleads with her, but she sits on his lap and reminds him that he belongs to her now. And he's something she, he has something she wants. She slowly moves her hand to his chest, but instead of ripping out his heart, she produces his angel blade. An archangel's angel blade, she says. From the archangel Gabriel. Gabriel admits to everyone that he's a he's an angel, and but he's not a spy, but he's a runaway and he's trying to save everyone. Kelly refuses to believe him and says, I know my brother, Kelly, he says. Uh, he should scare the living crap out of you. You guys can't beat him. So he's like honestly trying to help these guys out. Yeah, he really is. Uh, Gabriel says he's had a glimpse of the future and uh, he knows how he's seen how this ends. And Kelly tells him uh, your story, not ours. Uh, Westerners, I swear, the sheer arrogance. You think they're the only ones on earth. You pillage and you butcher in your God's name, but you're not the only religion, and he's not the only God. Now, you think you can just rip the planet apart? You're wrong. There's billions of us, and we're here. We were here first. If anyone gets to the end of the world, it's me. Which I heard that, and I'm like, yeah, that's right. These are a lot older gods. What the hell? It, like, they're going to just sit around and. Let this wacky Lucifer kill everyone. Um, she tells Gabriel she's sorry, then plunges his angel blade into his chest. Gabriel screams and glows for a moment, then he's gone. Kelly says, this proves that they can kill Lucifer. Suddenly, Dean speaks up. 
or and says, "All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up." He's standing up, and uh, he's got he, he's like all full of swagger and uh, bravado here. And he's like, "On any other given day, I'd be doing my damnedest to kill you, you filthy murdering chimps." Um, but he goes on and is like, "Okay, you know, we will help you ice the devil because you know they're kind of all in the same boat." And uh, he tells him if they want Lucifer, he and Sam can go get him there. And he tells the deities they'll help if they let the uh, other people go. They don't want to see any more human sacrifices. That doesn't work. Uh, Dean says, you can eat me, literally. Cut to the hotel's front doors uh, opening. And people previously trapped in the freezer are running out screaming bloody murder. Which is pretty funny. They're all just blowing out of there like uh, people out of the theater in the blob. Someone calls to Dean from the back seat of the Impala. And hey, what do you know? It's our old friend Gabriel. And uh, it's like, yeah, you think I'd give Callie my real sword? <laughs> that thing could kill me. <laughs> uh, again, Trickster just kicks ass. I love him. He tells uh, Dean that he made a fake one out of a can of orange slice before he went in there, which I don't know. It doesn't make sense, but it's funny. Tells Dean that Kelly uh, liked his speech and tells him to get close and grab her blood uh, so that they can get out. Grab their blood, I mean, so they can get out. Dean counters Gabriel uh, should uh, sack up and uh, help them kill Lucifer. Gabriel refuses and says he's blowing Jonestown. Um, but Dean says he sees right through Gabriel. Even though the deities in there stabbed him through the heart, they're still his family, and he still gives a crap about them. Dean reminds Gabriel that they're going to die without his help. That is, unless he's got a better plan. And he just kind of admits, like, eh, sorry, dude, I can't kill my brother. Dean says can't or won't. Gets no response, and sort of implying that Gabriel won't. He says, thought so, and uh, walks away. Walks back inside the hotel, I think. Uh, man, this episode's going to go on forever. Yeah, we gotta because i got to start getting ready for work here. Well, um, let me just go by my notes, because they're short and sweet. Uh, Lucifer shows up. I put, kills Mercury, kills a bunch of other pagan gods on the way, including Balder. Uh, then Gabriel shows up because at this point Sam and Dean are hiding, gives Sam and Dean a DVD and tells them to guard it for their lives, um, starts fighting Lucifer and has Sam and Dean take Kelly, and so they leave. Then I have Gabriel and Lucifer are arguing, um, so you can kind of go from there because that's, uh, I'm sure you have much better notes than I have from here. So that DVD, I don't know where we're at in the notes anymore. Does it have your notes say something about Gabriel talking and Lucifer talking or arguing um, after... Amateur Hocus Pocus, Lucifer whispers to the real Gabriel, don't forget, you learned all your tricks from me, little brother. Lucifer twists the blade... Gabriel screams and glows. For real this time, Lucifer leaves Gabriel on the ground with his wings burned into the floor. Right, because what happened here is as Gabriel and Lucifer were arguing, um, Gabriel pulls out a, an archangel blade, or an angel blade, 
But Lucifer knew that Gabriel has, you know, he is a trickster or trends, pretends to be the trickster. So he knew that was just an astral projection and the real Gabriel was behind him. So that's when, yes, he stabs Gabriel with the, with the blade and kills Gabriel. So the boys then uh, pop that DVD in and it's Casa Erotica 13. And they're like, what the hell? Like, told us to protect this with his life? <laughs> Dean's like, ah, oh, it's a good one, though. <laughs> he must have seen it before. <coughs> but in the film, though, a uh, door opens up, and it's Gabriel there wearing a cheap costume and mustache. So he, I guess he hid himself in the DVD. Um, Gabriel adds that there's uh, one thing the... Uh, he tells them how they're going to defeat him. Actually, he says in that thing, he's like, oh, if you're watching this, I'm dead. Right. He says, you know what? You, you No longer, since I'm dead, there's no way you guys could ever kill Lucifer. But his cage that he was locked up in is still in hell. All you've got to do is get the four keys, which are the four rings from the four horsemen. You can open it back up. You can trick him back into there, and you'll be able to lock it behind him. Basically gives the boys a plan on how to defeat Lucifer now. Is there yes. anything else then that really happens in here? No. Well, then we when we realize that uh, they already have war and famine's ring, so they just have to get the rings from pestilence and death. Yeah, they're halfway there. So then I put then you show another scene where this guy is driving this crappy little car and he looks like he's got a horrible, horrible cold. Matt Frewer. Matt Frewer. Yes, he plays pestilence. Looks like he goes into this mini mart or a... <laughs> Oh, it's disgusting. It's He's disgu sneezing and blowing boogers everywhere. Yeah, it's just really gross. And these flies are following him. And he picks up this thing of like daytime flu medicine. Asks the guy behind the counter, does this stuff make you drowsy? And the guy's looking really creeped. I was like, no, you can use that in the daytime. That's pretty good. So then he goes to purchase it and sneezes all over this guy's face. It looks like he got slimed yes, from he's Slimer. Like a, out of a scene of Ghostbusters. Um, and then he gets back in his car, drives off, kind of smiling on his face. He's, his nose is still red, but he's no longer like sneezing and coughing. Did you catch his license plate? Yes. Sick and turd. It's sick and tired. Is what it's supposed to oh, be. Oh, sick and tired. Yes. <laughs> At first, I was like, why is this license plate skin turd? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, and then the guy's uh, car fills up with flies, and he drives away. Yeah, it was really gross. But that was that was the end of that episode. Oh, my God. We're never going to use fandoms notes again. Or if I am, I'm going to have to go through and edit those. That well, was... or, the, or we're going to have to start it earlier, because we did. I slept late because I had a crappy night's sleep, so we got late at no, that was that was way too wordy. That isn't what our that is not the quality that our fans are looking for. They're looking for my half paying attention, half understanding, going who, what, huh? This is true. All of this, all of these minute details laid out. Yeah, I mean, Jesus, you don't even have to watch the show if you just read these plot synopsises <laughs> one at a time. Aye, aye, aye. All right, we're not going to pull that again. What's the death count on this? Well, we really don't know because uh, there was a lot of people butchered up for the buffet, it seemed like. The cop, well, we for sure. we have the body count 13. We've got the security guard, Mr. and Mrs. Logan, which is in the, the newlyweds. We have a hotel patron, Jojen, Mercury, two unarmed male gods, Odin, Ganesh, Baron, Samdi, Balder, and Gabriel. 
But yeah, definitely Lucifer's a badass because he just wandered through that hotel and just murdered all of them. Just it, a thought, it seemed like. You're right. You know, and, and the only one he physically did anything with was Balder when he reached through his chest and pulled out his heart. So the rest, yes, it was just a thought or... He just splattered on sight. Yep. That's good old Lucifer for you. Man, that guy's a dick. Well, I think um, Gabriel called him a bag of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. All right. Uh, what's tomorrow's episode? Tomorrow's episode, season five, episode 20, The Devil You Know. Very cool. So I'm assuming that it has to do with Lucifer then. We're really getting into uh, the final battle here as the uh, season winds down. Very excited. Yes. After the episode we just talked about, there's just three more episodes in this season. All right. Well, hopefully tonight you get a lot better sleep. So tomorrow morning we can uh, attack that and uh, get it out the door. Because I'm getting, I, I like these end of the seasons when stuff starts wrapping up. I like the one-offs that are really odd and leave you guessing, and I like, you know, I, I like the larger story arc as it's wrapping up, too. It's interesting. So that's it from us. Just a reminder, we have a Facebook group called Armchair Hunters. You can swing on by and say hello. We've also got a website, coupleofidgets.com, where you can head on over, get the notes <laughs> that I'd normally put into these, of course, this one won't have. Maybe we'll put in a link to the fandom episode or fandom entry. Uh, but you can listen to all of our podcasts there, get information on how to subscribe, as well as just simply download or listen to it on the page if you don't know how to use a podcast app, which is fine. Please, uh, if you know any uh, Supernatural fans or like chat groups or anything, spread the word. Uh, we don't have too many listeners yet, but we'd sure like to, you know, at least break 10 by the time we're done with this 300 and some odd episodes. That'd be cool. Uh, you know, the nice thing, though, is we produce these. They're out there. And they'll be there for Bye.